Just yesterday, I received a phone call from an OBGYN friend who I hadn't heard from in about two to three years. So, of course, I called him back to see how he was doing. Well, he was very frustrated and very concerned because one of his recent uncomplicated vaginal deliveries was undergoing medical review. And here's what happened. He said, look, Hector, I don't understand. This patient had a great delivery. She pushed for about an hour and a half, but there was no tears, no postpartum hemorrhage, no shoulder dystocia, no eclampsia, and she had a great delivery and the baby did fine. But the next morning, she developed complete right-sided foot drop. So she filed a complaint. Now, here's where he was stuck. He said, Hector, I just don't understand. Look, when she was in lithotomy, she wasn't even in leg holders, what we used to call then stirrups, because they're very constricting. And ironically, they got rid of those during pushing because it could cause foot drop. So he's like, Hector, we got rid of those. So how in the world did this patient get foot drop without the use of leg holders? Well, the answer is actually pretty easy. So in this podcast, we're going to cover safe positions for labor and delivery and ways to avoid common peroneal nerve injury, even without leg holders. Ready? Let's cover that in today's episode of Clinical Pearls. Howdy. Howdy. We are third-year medical students at Texas A&M, and this is Clinical Pearls. You know, it wasn't long ago that I did a podcast on maternal positions in labor, but I think that was maybe two or three months ago. It's somewhere in the archive. I don't know. They all kind of tend to blend together after a certain while. But the truth is, is that positioning for labor has really changed over the centuries. Until about 250 years ago, women were depicted in art and in medical literature as sitting upright with flexed hips or in the squatting position or less commonly standing or kneeling during childbirth. But then, as Western medicine evolved, and as men got into the picture here as male attendants, then the position kind of changed from that position to more of a reclining or a recumbent position, what we now call as dorsal lithotomy. That part of the podcast that I did kind of goes into that because some of the theories as to why that happened are kind of weird, but we'll leave that for the other podcast. Well, today, to facilitate the second stage of labor, many women recline and push in the McRoberts-type position with their hips flexed. Hip flexion does allow cephalad rotation of the symphalous pubis and flattening of the sacrum, as well as a nearly two-fold increase in expulsive force as measured by intrauterine pressures. So there is something to this dorsolithotomy high McRoberts position. The maternal hips are held flexed in several ways, by counter-traction from placing the feet on the birthing bed, or with assistance holding the legs back, or by the mother's own hands grasping her posterior thighs and pulling her legs back. Constant force may be required to maintain hip flexion, particularly when regional anesthetics have been involved that decrease motor control to the lower limbs. But of course, nothing is free. This kind of positions also have certain nerve risks. Maternal nerve injuries from positioning during labor and delivery are an infrequent occurrence, but they've been estimated to have an incidence of about 0.9 to up to 0.98 in some of the data. 
but it's hard to calculate the exact incidence because some of the times these things go unreported. Here's a clinical pearl. The most commonly reported of these injuries is unilateral or bilateral compression or stretch of the peroneal nerve as it winds around the head of the fibula, causing foot drop and decreased sensation of the dorsum of the foot and the lateral leg. Peroneal nerve palsy is also referred to as strawberry picker's palsy because of the frequent occurrence in workers whose occupation required prolonged squatting. Now, another way that peroneal nerve injury can occur is by grasping the knees laterally at the fibular head to steady a squat or to maintain lithotomy. And that's exactly what happened in my friend's case. So while most peroneal nerve injuries are thought to result from lateral compression of a leg holder, it can actually occur by maternal grasping in the wrong place of the knee. This very issue was published in 2011 in the Green Journal by Radaski et al. They described peroneal nerve injury from maternal direct pressure on the peroneal nerve from a fingertip grasp of the posterior thighs, a location thought to be safe to hold for hip flexion during the second stage of labor. So the authors reported back then that this development of nerve palsies from positioning during labor and delivery can occur even without the use of leg holders if the patient's hands are placed in the incorrect position. Now, another issue that we have to address here is epidural anesthesia. Now, epidurals are great. I'm a big fan. I think every woman in labor should have an epidural if they desire one. But epidural anesthesia can make this diagnosis a little bit more tricky. Epidural anesthesia may further complicate a compression or stretch nerve injury. The lack of pain from undue pressure or stretch from compression of the peroneal nerve can delay diagnosis and prevent a change in positioning before additional nerve damage occurs. Furthermore, greater external force is required to hold the legs back when the lower limbs are anesthetized and leg musculature cannot assist hip flexion. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So again, epidurals are fantastic, but that's why you have to be very careful, especially when you give women instructions to hold their legs back when they have an epidural in place because they can't feel their legs and we could be causing undue pressure that they're not aware of in terms of their nerve function. Now, another place where neuropathy can occur is the femoral nerve. Postpartum femoral neuropathy can also occur with prolonged lithotomy. Clinically, this nerve palsy presents as knee buckling and difficulty rising from a chair, standing, or climbing stairs. In nerve palsy, EMG and nerve conduction studies can help determine the level of injury. Most nerve injuries resolve with physical therapy, but it can take up to six months for a complete resolution, which gets into a quality of life issue. One of the more rare types of neuropathy is sciatic nerve injury due to stretching in the back of the leg with prolonged lithotomy. So again, lithotomy is not a bad position for labor. You just have to take frequent breaks and make sure that undue pressure isn't being applied laterally at the knee 
or at the hip flexion point or in the back of the leg in order to protect the sacral area as well as the sciatic nerve. So back to my friend's case. Yes, they did not use leg holders, which is great. And ironically, they got rid of those during pushing because they were feared to cause peroneal nerve injury. And yes, that's exactly what happened in my friend's case. Even though leg holders weren't used, the patient was kept pretty much for an hour and a half in dorsal lithotomy, and the patient's hands were kept at her knees, just lateral to the fibular head, compressing her peroneal nerve. Because the patient had an epidural, she couldn't feel that she was actually causing her own peroneal nerve compression. So remember, for labor and delivery, although lithotomy is commonly used, palsies from positioning during labor and delivery are largely preventable. How to grasp is just as important as where to grasp if the patient is being held in dorsal lithotomy. And remember, never hold that position for an extended amount of time, but you've got to take breaks so that the nerves can get circulation back to prevent a palsy. As women's health care providers, it's our duty to pay close attention to maternal positioning during the labor process, and especially during birth, in order to prevent these completely preventable issues. So as we wrap this up, a quick note. I really am a fan of the foot rests. Foot rests are great because it allows patients to keep their feet planted, if you will, and push against them to increase force to push. The problem is if they have an epidural, their legs are loosey-goosey and like wet noodles. And that's where this positioning or self-grasping comes in. But they've got to grasp in the right place and with the right tension. Well, nothing like having an uncomplicated labor and an uncomplicated delivery, only to wake up the next morning and your foot has a complete foot drop. That's why it's important to be aware of these issues, because as always, awareness and education and recognizing the issue are key to preventing these kind of problems. We're thankful for you. Thanks for being part of the Clinical Pearls family, and we'll see you next time on Clinical Pearls.